Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, friends. Good to see everybody back. Missed you last week. Good to be back. We're preparing now for Purim. We're already within a month of Purim. So we're very excited to have a share today on the subject of Purim. to the Monday afternoon national shear. We have very exciting news coming up. If you want to join us next week for our first ever Machon Magadrakia Yarchi Kala in Miami, Florida, there are still slots available. Upcoming Svarim, if anybody would like to be Mishtatev, we have a Sefer that has been completed on Chinuch Habanim, and uh, that's uh, in the queue. Also in, in English for Art Scroll on Lagba Oimer, that's also uh, upcoming, Besiata Deshmaya. Okay, today's subject is a very interesting topic. Um, a topic that many find difficult and perhaps even troubling. But nevertheless, the Gemara tells us in Masech de Megillah, on the Avzayin Omer Beis, Amar Rava, Mechaiv inish lebesumei bepuraya adulayada ben arham and lebarch marchai. A person is obligated lebesumei. That's a difficult word to translate. What does the word lebesumei mean? One is obligated lebesumei on Purim adulayada ben arham and lebarch marchai to the extent that one does not know the difference between cursed is Haman and blessed is Mordechai. This is a unique mitzvah. We don't have any comparable mitzvah in the Torah that one is obligated to get drunk. And let's try to study this mitzvah, understand what exactly is the obligation, what are the parameters, what are the guidelines. Rashi comments on Chayv Inish Basume. Rashi says, Lehistaker, Lehistaker Biyayin, to... Become drunk. According to Rashi, the mitzvah of drinking on Purim is to get drunk. However, a careful analysis of the Rambam would yield perhaps a different interpretation of the mitzvah. The Rambam writes, what is the obligation of this Suda? What is the obligation of the Suda's Purim? The Rambam writes in Parak Beis of Hilchus Megillah Halacha Tezvav, says the Rambam, basar, to eat meat, v'yisakin Suda Noah, and prepare a beautiful suda, in accordance with your means. You drink wine until you get drunk. And you fall asleep in your state, in your stupor. Comes Rabariyelib Hamaranchik, a Talmud of the Briskarov, and he says he heard a chidosh in the name of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. An amazing chiddush. By the way, before that, okay, let's hear the chiddush. Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, don't think chayiv lebesume adulayada means you're obligated to get drunk. Adulayada is not the shear of obligation. Don't think it means you're obligated to get drunk and you're not yoytzei unless you get drunk. No, the mitzvah is to drink wine ulehizbaseim and to be so to speak, in a very merry mood. However, the obligation is not to get drunk. You're not obligated to get drunk. You're obligated to drink until you're in a pleasant mood. 
But you're not exempt just by drinking and being in a good mood. But rather, it's Adulayada. You have to drink again. In other words, you're obligated to drink and be merry. Now, how until when should I continue doing this mitzvah? What do you mean? You're obligated the whole day. The mitzvah on Purim day is to drink and to drink and to drink. It's not that you're obligated to get drunk. The mitzvah is to drink. Now, when, when should I stop doing the mitzvah? Lag Bohimer, Tishabav, when do I stop? The answer is you're not exempt until you reach the point that you're so drunk that you don't know the difference between Arham and Baruch Mordechai because at that state, you're a shikr and a shoita and you're pater minah mitzvahs. But listen to the nuance of difference. It's not that you're obligated to drink so much. In other words, on Pesach, you have to drink a revias or a roiv of hakais or the whole kais. How much do you have to drink on Purim? Ah, oh, on Purim, you have to drink so much that you get drunk. No, there's no such obligation to get drunk. You're obligated to drink. Yeah, but when am I exempt from continuing to drink? You're not exempt until you drank so much that you're no longer chayv in mitzvahs. So Adelo Yada says Rabbi Sosalanter is not a shir in the chiyov, it's a shir in the p'tur. Says Rabbi the Emek Bracha, perhaps this is what the Rambam means, where the Rambam says, Sheyoichal Basar, but the Rambam doesn't say, Sheyishta Yayin, but rather, Vishoyse Yayin. You drink wine. It continue, it's a continuous mitzvah. You drink wine. Pu'ula nimshachas, a continuous act. You're not exempt until you fall asleep. However, Rashi explains the mitzvah is to get drunk. So, in other words, the Emek Bracha says, perhaps we could be medaik in the Rambam, that the mitzvah is merely to drink. Getting drunk is the point that you are exempt but not that that's the obligation. By the way, just as a side point, the Amik Bracha says there's another diak nifla that you can make in the Rambam, because the Rambam says, you know, by other yamim toivim, you don't need meat and wine. The obligation is wine. Meat, maybe it's a mitzvah, maybe it's not even. On other yamim toivim, it's yayin. But on Purim, where it says mishteh, Visimcha and Mishte already is Yayin. So what's Simcha? The Rambam learned Simcha is Basar. There would be more of an obligation to eat meat on Purim than any other Yamtif, which is a very big chiddush that I don't know if many are aware of. I think most people do have meat at the Purim Suda, but I don't know if it's realized that it's an obligation according to this view, and that it's actually of all the days of the year, the greatest obligation to eat meat is Purim. You know, that comes out very interesting. The greatest obligation of eating meat the whole year is Purim. So it comes out, according to the Emek Bracha, we have a fundamental chakira of what is Adulayada bin Arham on the Baruch Mordechai. Simply, we would say Adulayada is, and this is how Rashi learns, you're obligated to drink how much the sheer chiyav is until you get drunk to the extent that you don't know the difference between Ar Haman and Baruch Mordechai. No, comes along the Rambam interpreted by the Rabbi Sral Salanter 
that Adeloyada is not a sheer in ob obligation, but rather it's a sheer in Pator. By the way, there's a similar, a similar analogy would be the mitzvah of procreating, where the Mishnah says in Yavama Samachal Famebez, Lo Yavatel Adam unless you have children. Beis Hill says a boy and a girl. So the Minchas Chinuch learns a boy and a girl is the shear of the Chiyuv. There's a mitzvah to have a boy and a girl. That is the guideline of the obligation. Rabbi Moshe says, no, that's not the guideline of the obligation. The guideline of the obligation is to procreate as much as you can. A boy and a girl is when you reach that amount, now you're potter. You see, according to Minchas Chinuch, you're obligated to have a boy and a girl. That's the mitzvah. According to Ramosha, the mitzvah is not having a boy and a girl. The mitzvah is the attempt to procreate. When you have a boy and a girl, that's when you're exempt from the mitzvah. So, so too when it comes to drinking on Purim. Rashi learns getting drunk is the mitzvah. The Rambam learns when you reach the stage of drunkenness, that's when you're putter. So you say it's semantics. What's the nafkamina if the obligation is to get drunk or the obligation? or the obligation is to drink and your putter when you get drunk, there are three nafkaminas between the two ways of looking at it. Number one, um, in the Kuntris Chanako Purim of Reb Chaim Aaron Tortsin, when Tamina Briskarav, he says, if from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, what if you, you sobered up from your drunkenness? Do you need to get drunk again? Do you need to drink again? Yeah, this is a... a <laughs> some people are going to really like this year. But what if you sober up? So according to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, oh, you sober up, you, have to, you still have to drink. There's no mitzvah to get drunk. The mitzvah is to drink. And it's continuous. You're only exempt when you're drunk. But if you're no longer drunk, you would have to drink again. But according to Rashi, you don't have to drink again. I did the mitzvah. The mitzvah is getting drunk. I already got drunk. So now I'm sober, so what? I don't have to drink more. Another nafkamina. This is brought from Rav Chanoi Chenech Karlenstein. It's brought in the Sefer, Kemoitse Shalorav. He says, is it better to drink higher alcoholic content wine? Or is it perhaps better to drink lower alcoholic content wine? So according to Rashi, the mitzvah is to get drunk. So the higher the alcoholic content, the quicker you're going to get drunk. If you could drink rubbing alcohol, that would be the best thing to do. No, just joking. But if you could drink the highest alcoholic content, the wine that will make you a shikar the quickest, technically, according to Rashi, you could make the case that's preferable. But according to the Rambam, the mitzvah is drinking. Getting drunk is when you're exempt. So Adarabah, you should drink, you know, matokal, which is, you know, 3%. This way, you could drink throughout the day and you never reach the stage that you're exempt from the mitzvah. A third nafkamina I found in the Sefer, Toldos Yitzchak. This was a Sefer that was put together by Rabbi Yitzhi Olbaum, I think for his wedding, and it was hanging around Rabbi Olbaum's shul years ago. And I saw another nafkamina in the Sefer that if, let's say you're drunk, would there be any Indian to go take a walk, drink water, cool off, and sober up? According to Rashi, the mitzvah is getting drunk. 
why would you remove yourself from being in the state that you fulfill the mitzvah? But according to the Rambam, being drunk is when you're not chayiv in the mitzvah. So maybe if you could remove yourself from a state of Torah, maybe you should do so. But let's analyze this mitzvah further. Because the Gemara continues, after the Gemara says that Rava says a person is obligated, says the Gemara, a story. Rabba v'Rabbi Zera, avdu sudas from Hadadadi, Rabba and Rabbi Zera, they made a Purim Suda together. Ibsam, they got drunk. Come Rabba v'shachte Rabbi Zera. Rabba slaughtered Rabbi Zera, literally. Labachar, next day Rabba sobered up. He asked for mercy and he brought Rabbi Zera back to life. Lashana, the next year, Amrle, Nesimar. Next year, Rabbah offered Rabbi Zera another invite. Let's get together. Rabbi Zera said, No, sorry, I'm not available this year. Miracles don't happen every time. By the way, I once saw in the Margolius Hayam, or Ruin Margolius, that there's a Gemara that Rava created a Gavra. Rava made like a, a Goylam. Sent him to Rabzera. They were talking and Rabzera spoke to the Goylam. The Goylam didn't answer. And Rabzera said, Ah, you're a Goylam. Ah. Uh, we turned to the dust. Question. Why did Rabba send the Goylam to Rabzera? So the uh, Margalia Sayam says that Rabzera said not every year a miracle would happen. So Rabba wanted to show him, no, every year I could make a miracle. That wasn't a one-time occurrence. You have nothing to worry about. I could always make a goylam. I could always bring back to life. Maybe Rabzera felt, that's very nice, Rabba, you can make a goylam. I would prefer not to come back as a goylam, you know? But why does the Gemara bring this story? After the Gemara says the teaching of Rabba, that the Gemara brings this story that Rabba killed Rabzera. So the Rif actually codifies the teaching of Rava Lahalacha, that indeed, Lahalacha But the Ran brings from Rabbeinu Ephraim that Lahalacha, you don't have to drink on Purim. Why? Because the fact that the Gemara then says a story that Rava killed Rabzera, what the Gemara's intention is to push off the teaching of Rava. And to say, you know what? Look, it's too dangerous. This is not a this is not an acceptable halacha. The fact that the Gemara brings immediately the mortal danger that could come from excessive drinking, the Gemara's intention is to dismiss the teaching of Rava. Sort of it's a Maisa Listar. So according to the Ran, Lahalacha, you don't have to drink on Purim. However, the Rishonim do codify the teaching of Rava. The Rambam, the Tur. The Shulchan Aruch, they all bring Rava's teaching of Chayv Enish So now the question is, so why does the Gemara bring this story? And furthermore, doesn't this story indicate that this is really a bad idea? So there's an amazing Chassam Soifer. The Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Kufnun Vav says that if somebody is born in Mazel Madim, they will be a bloodshedder. Ravashi says either a blood letter 
or a ganav, or a butcher, or a mayal. Rabbah said, I'm born in Mazal Madim, and nothing happened to me. So Abai says, what do you mean? Something does happen to you. You kill people. There's a question, what does that mean? He kills people. Maybe Rabbanim sometimes, because they teach publicly, if somebody asks a question, they could inadvertently cause embarrassment to somebody. Sezach Sam Soifer, from this Gemara, we now have a way to deal with all the Rishonim that codify Rabbah's teaching that indeed you should get drunk on Purim, despite the fact that the Gemara concludes with a story that seems to indicate the terrible dangers that come from excessive drinking. And that is, Achsam Soifer says, the fact that Rabbah killed Reb Zera does not in any way indicate that it's too dangerous to drink. Why? Because the Gemara says at the end of Shabbos, that if somebody is born under Mazel Madim, there will be some type of murderer. And Abai and Rabbi says, what do you mean? I'm, I'm born in Mazel Madim. And Abai said, you also kill. What was Abai referring to? The Chsam Soifer says, this story, this Gemara had to have been before Rabbi killed Rabzera. Otherwise, Abai should have said, you also kill. You killed Rabzera. Says the Chsam Soifer, Maybe when the Gemara brings a story that Rabbah killed Reb Zera, that does not indicate that it is dangerous for everyone else to drink. Rabbah killed Reb Zera because he's born under Mazel Madim. So someone born under that Mazel is more prone to bloodshed. But Ruba de Ruba de Alma, who is not born under Mazel Madim, maybe it's not Shechicha Hezeka, and we're not concerned that this type of Hezek will come out of it. Meaning, Says Sam Soifer, the fact that Rabbi killed Reb Zero does not indicate that for most of the people, most of the world, it is uh, not not permitted to drink. By the way, the Yad Ephraim, Rabbi Ephraim Zalmar Gos, in his notes on Shulchanach Archem Sim Tafrei he brings that the Gemara does not cite the story of. Rabbah killing Reb Zera to contradict the teaching of Rava, but rather to give it a parameter. It's to show that even though Rava said you should drink so much, but actually don't drink that so much. Says Ephraim Zalmar Gos, I had a dream that the main mitzvah of drinking on Purim is to be immersed in joy and you're so girded with the joy of Hashem. So you give gratitude to Hashem for the miracle. And this is what it means. Chayiv Adam Adeloyada. What does it mean, Adeloyada? Ad, but ad When it says Adeloyada, it means drink so much until, but not reaching the point where you lose your mental faculties. Adeloyada means don't, it doesn't mean drink. Until you get to that point, ad but don't reach that point. The reason the Gemara brings the story that Rabbi killed Rabzera is to teach that ad is you should never reach that point. That point is already over the edge. But in general, it's very difficult to say that Rabbi became so drunk that he came to Ritzicha, which is one of the three cardinal sins. Anyone who's ever been in the vicinity of a great person on Purim who drank 
something significant, knows that the tzaddik or the tamar chacham, the, the extra drinking elevates the tamar chacham, brings him to deveikas Tashem. It's very hard to imagine that one of the gedoyle oilam, let alone Rabbah, would come to such a stumbling block. So how could we say that Rabbah actually shechted Rabzera? So the Mefarshim struggle to try to interpret what does it mean, come Rabbah, the shechta Rabzera. The Me'iri says that what the Gemara means is shechte, it's a lashon of schita. It means he squeezed him, he crushed him. Doesn't mean he killed him. And va'achyeh doesn't mean he brought him back to life. Va'achyeh is he healed him. He, but he didn't actually kill him. Similar to this, the Marsha says that shachte can't mean he slaughtered him. But we know that drinking wine is connected to the throat. Like Chazal say, if you want to pour libations on the Mizbeach, fill up the throats of Tamei Chacham with wine. So shachte means he gave him a lot to drink. Rabbah gave Rabzir a lot to drink. And when it says the Achie, it means he Rabzira was in somewhat of a compromised situation and he davened that he should not become ill from his excessive drinking. By the way, Rabbi Yaakov Emden in his notes on Shas also writes, you can't say he actually shechted him, but rather Rabbi Yaakov Emden interprets that Rabzira was so happy that Rabbi shechted Rabzira, so to speak, with sleight of hand, where it looks like he did, but he didn't actually. And he did it as like a play to create some simcha. It was like a, an act. And Reb Zera actually himself got so scared that he fainted. Um, so Rabbah had to revive him, but not Chas Hashem, he didn't shechtem. Now the Ben Eshchai and the Ben Yehoyada reveals the Kabbalistic interpretation of this Gemara. What does it mean, come Rabbah b'shachter Rabzera? That it doesn't mean he shechted him with a sack and with a knife, but he engaged with him in Limit Torah, that they learned to be Simcha, that Rabbah's nefesh became so elevated and strengthened in Devekos Tashem, that, so to speak, his nefesh was drawn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shachte means a lashon of shachot. He drew him out. That they were learning secrets of Torah in such simcha that, so to speak, he drew his soul to connect to the divine. We could add, it is well known that Rav Yonis teaches that there's a madrega of bina, that it's not possible for a person to access in life that if a person were to reach the Shachamishim immediately his soul would depart from him and we know there's an Indian that on Purim in fact Kal Yisrael reached the 50th level of Kedusha Hema Besoynehem the Gra says Hema is Gematria Chamishim so perhaps Rabbah drew Reb to such high levels that Reb reached the Shar Chamishim and his Neshama left another Mahalach Hassam Soifer brings him a Masechta Nida that we know that Reb Zera 
um, would never laugh. The Gemara Nida says that Rabbi Yirmiyah would try to bring Rabbi Zera to laughter and he would never laugh, the Gemara says in Nida Chav Gimel. Rashi explains that the reason Rabbi Zera would never laugh is because it's prohibited for a person to fill up their mouth in laughter in this world. And Rabbi Zera was even more machmer, so he not only uh, would not fill up his mouth in laughter, he wouldn't laugh at all. The Chassam Soifer says that laughter, excessive laughter, is already the beginning of inappropriate conduct. And perhaps, Gemara tells us that Tzchoyk v'kalas roish margilin la'erva. And according to the high level of Chassidus Rab Zera, his excessive laughter was like arayos, like the Gemara uses a lashon of shchute yoladim. Shchute yoladim is a form of arayos, giloy arayos, of being moitzi zerachas v'shalan. So that's, the Chassam Soifer interprets what it means, kam rabba v'shachtel Rab Zera, he got him to laugh. By the way, the Imre says, Zera is Rashi Tevais, Ema, Yira, Reses, Zaya. And therefore his practice was he wouldn't laugh. And Kamraba Shachter Reb Zera is Reb Zera was so identified by seriousness that by Rabba getting Reb Zera to laugh, it was like he was Mavatel, the whole personality Reb Zera. The Gemara couches that in the Lashon of Shachter Reb Zera because it was integral to Reb Zera's personality not to laugh. So he was able to be mavato. That, that's what it means. Shachte the Reb Zera. By the way, Reb Shaman Zalman Orbach says maybe it means Shachte the Reb Zera is he maybe embarrassed Reb Zera to some extent and Busha is Avak Ritzicha. So it doesn't mean he, he shachted him, he was Mavayish him. And Halbanas Panim is Mayain Ritzicha. So Marvra Abaisai, I want to share with you Halakhalamaisa, how does one fulfill drinking on Purim? The Meiri says that indeed we are not commanded to get drunk on Purim or to act in a degrading way. We are not commanded on frivolity or um, silly behavior. It's a simcha of enjoyment that from it we should reach Avas Hashem. So if somebody is just silly or low on Purim, this is not a Kiyam HaMitzvah at all. Likewise, the Eliyar Rabbah says, you know, how could it be that the Chachomim were goyzer on us to be Mekayim, what, um, what in general drinking brought all the ills of society. I mean, if you think about it, Adam Arishain, he brought death to the world through wine and think about what Noyach did. But the Eliyarabba says that all the miracles of Purim took place through wine. The Suda Vachashersh was a Mishtayayin and Haman fell at a Mishtayayin. So to commemorate that, we have a Mishtayayin. But says Eliyarabba, getting drunk is a mitzvah, but it's not Ma'akev. If you don't get drunk, you it's not Ma'akev, any fulfillment. And that's what the Bir Halacha brings down. That even though Rava says Mechayivinish, it's not the Iker Mitzvah is to have a Mishtayayin, you're not actually Chayiv to get drunk. By the way, I will say the, the Masa Hashem of Rabbi Lazar Ashkenazi brings 
the idea of getting drunk on Purim was Purim was enacted in the aftermath of the Chorben. And the people were so depressed and despondent. How could we rejoice? So for a short bit, they needed to help us forget the Chorben Beis Hamikdash. So they enacted that in order to appreciate, in order to focus on the Simcha, we need to forget a little bit about Chorben Beis Hamikdash. So really what they were getting at was but it would have been sacrilegious to say those words. How could you say that you're going to forget about the Chorben? So they couched it in the, the verbiage there's another idea of drinking on Purim brought by the Seder Hayom, a Talmud of the Arizal, that the reason to drink on Purim is that after Haman made the decree to annihilate the Jewish people, that's a looming decree. So every year we, so to speak, drink until we're mamish, lose our capacity and lose our faculties. And in a way, it's like we're dead. And Haman's decree is fulfilled that way. And therefore, we're able to save ourselves. But according to that, it would be uh, an actual, you won't get away with drinking, you know, two ounces of wine. But Halach Lamaisa, the Chayodim brings. Somebody who knows that if they're going to get drunk on Purim, they're not going to be careful in the Tils They're not going to say, Berchus Hamazan B'Kavana. They're not going to daven minchor marav properly. You're not allowed to get drunk. So while it may be a mitzvah, it doesn't push off any other mitzvah. And therefore, Rav Shlomo Zalman Paskins, that if a parent tells his child he cannot get drunk on Purim, the child has to listen. Even though when it comes to any other mitzvah or even halacha medrabanan, child does not have to listen. Because getting drunk is not an outright obligation. And like the Ran says, we don't even paskin that way. And even though the Rambam and the Shukhnar bring it down, but the Elia Rabba says it's not Ma'akev. And the Me'iri interprets it just to drink more than usual. And the Chayyadam says that if it's going to cause any diminution and fulfillment of any mitzvah, you know how to do it. So a child would have to listen to a parent. But Lamaisa. Doesn't the halacha say, yada. So how do you interpret yada? So as you know, there are many interpretations of yada. The Magen Avram says that the gematria of Arhaman is the same as Baruch Mordechai. And if you drink enough that you can't calculate how it comes out to the same gematria, then you've already drank enough. Most people I know can't even figure it out if they drink apple juice. You know, so they would be exempt even before they got started. Or the Taz interprets it, where there were two miraculous benefits of Purim. A, the fall of Haman. Haman was killed, he was hanging. And B, the ascendancy of Mordechai. And which one of those two miracles was greater? You know, it's, it's a close call how to exactly evaluate which one of those two benefits is greater. Once you've drank enough that you can't really distinguish between what, you know, what was better for the Jews, the fall of Haman or the rise of Mordechai, you've already fulfilled your obligation. Halacha Lamaisa, the Ramah writes in the Tafrit Sadi Hei Sif Beis, 
You don't have to get so drunk. Drink a little bit more than you're accustomed to. Sleep a little bit. When you're sleeping, you don't know the difference between Arhaman and Baruch Marachai. And the Mishnabura is Machriya from the Prima Godam, like the Ramah. And the Mishnabura says, V'chein ro'i lasais. That is the ideal way to fulfill the mitzvah. Drink a little bit more than usual. Put your head down. Take a few minute nap. And you're a Mekayim the mitzvah l'chatchil. Now if you want to know how great people accorded themselves on Purim, I'll share with you what Yaakov Yechiel Weinberg, the Sri Deyesh, brings describing a Purim in the vicinity, in the presence of Rav Naftali Amsterdam from the Gedoyle Talmidav of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Rav Naftali Amsterdam was a very organized person. He was a person who learned Musar for hours a day. But one day a year, he, so to speak, came out of his regular orderliness. And normally every moment was accounted for. And nothing could move Rabbi Naftali Amsterdam off of his regular schedule. However, Rabbi Naftali would spend the day of Purim engrossed in the mitzvah of Chayv Enishel Basume. And he would spice up his drinking with stories of tzaddikim, of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and the Talmideh Rabbi Yisrael. And when the day was coming to an end, Rabbi Nassim Adler would get up from his chair, like in a split second, after drinking the whole day, he would snap out of his wine and he would be a new person. He would be a completely different person. He would say, Purim is over. Now we're back to our regular Avodah Hashem. We have to sober up. Now we have to daven marev be'ima be'yura. We have to strengthen ourselves in, in, our, in our diligence and learning to make up for what we lost out on Purim. After the tefillah, he would exempt, he would sort of pardon himself. He would thank us for participating with him over Purim. He would go to his regular spot in the base Medrash. He would engross himself in deep learning with emotion and a, a noble spirit. And we were just transfixed in our place. We cannot believe the strength of character of this elder statesman of the Jewish people. Where in a split moment, he was able to transition from his Purim persona of joy and lightness to his Avoida and Limud. It was a very elevated experience, says Reb Weinberg, from Hoid Shebegvura, Gvuras Ruach Enoish, how a human being could be in so, such control of their faculties, emotions, desires, where they could turn on and off depending on the day of the year from being in a state of Purim, to be in, in a state that he was for the rest of the year. Rav Einberg writes, Ashrei Ayin Ra So Kalela, fortunate is the eye who could see such elevated and noble conduct. So these are some thoughts on Chayv Enishel Basume, and uh, in light of really the dangers of excessive drinking to one's health and the repercussions, here we have the Mishnah writes, uh, explicitly, the proper way to do it is to drink 
a little bit more than usual. And if you want to make sure you reach the state of Adolayada, if you uh, sleep a bit, you fulfill the mitzvah vihidurai. But the idea is that a person should be in an elevated state and a state of happiness of Haidak Takadish Baruchu for the miracle of the downfall of Haman and the ascendancy of Mordechai. We spoke about the Nafkamina Zahalacha. Is Adulayada the Chiyuv, like Rashi says, or is Adulayada the state that you're Pater from the mitzvah? And uh, I wish everyone a wonderful rest of the day and Bracha Vatzacha. Call to everyone. Uh, Rebbe, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. On uh, Mishnah Nitnas Adar Marbin Besimcha that was asked to us. 